One thing up front, the fifth generation of the Rode MT1 is a great microphone with a very impressive set of features. And it can actually do all the things that it is advertised to be able to do. But the flip side is that it cannot do everything at the same time and you need to make your choices as to which features you want to use. By now a lot of reviews were published on YouTube about it, so I'm not going to do an unboxing or repeat what you already know. I would much rather focus on how you can actually make use of its truly unique features and how you cannot. And speaking of unique features, there are quite some that were packed into this impressive piece of kit. It's not perfect though, no gear is perfect as we all know, and by the end you'll know what to look out for to enjoy it to its full capabilities. First and foremost, this is a classic condenser microphone which would assume to have an XLR port, and it does. But what it also has is a USB-C port, which is something we've never seen before at Prograde condensers. Now you may have already seen Rode putting a USB port into an XLR port. Just have a look at the NTG4 shotgun mic. But that was only for charging the internal battery and it did not make it a USB mic. There are quite a few other mics by now on the market, however, with dual XLR USB connection, like the Fifine K688, the Ampligame AM8, the Maono PD400X, the Maono HD300T, the Audio-Technica ATR2100 and 2100X, the Samsung Q2U, the Samsung Q9U, and of course, the Shure MV7. Do you notice something in common here? Well, none of them are condensers. They are all dynamic microphones. Then I looked further and found the Ceremonic SRMV7000 and the Acon CM14 USB. These are USB XLR condenser mics, but more on the lower end of the market. I would classify them more as consumer-grade gear. But even if you would classify them as pro-grade microphones, none of them records in 32-bit float. Recording in 32-bit float is something that essentially can make this mic unclippable. Practically, no matter how loud you are yelling into it, if you've been recording in 32-bit float, you will be able to bring down the level of the waveform in post so that the audio will be saved and it will not distort. And this may give you a great peace of mind as you don't have to worry about setting your gain before pressing record you can set the proper gain after recording in post. Same applies the other way around. If you were speaking really quietly, you will be able to bring up the volume of that quiet part in post without introducing any additional noise, which is partially also thanks to an extremely low self-noise of this microphone at 4 dB. And this is literally the quietest microphone in the world right now. Again, a unique feature. 32-bit float is very much hyped these days. However, be aware that this is no wonder tool either. If you are recording improperly, you'll still get garbage results. You will just not clip and you can achieve optimal loudness in post. But if you're recording at say, a two meter distance, which you shouldn't, or in a non-sound treated environment, which you also shouldn't, not with a sensitive condenser mic like this anyway, your audio will be loud enough at the end, <laughs> but the recording will still be garbage. If you want to understand how 32-bit float recording works technically, Rode has a great explanation on this, I'll link it in the description below. Another impressive feature of this microphone is the maximum SPL of 142 dB. SPL stands for sound pressure level and it describes how loud of a sound source the mic is able to record without overloading the mic circuitry. 142, which is an impressive 10 dB more than the 4th gen NT1 had, should be more than enough as anything about 115 dB can actually cause hearing loss. So a few things it can theoretically still capture 
a chainsaw, which operates at 110 dB. A very narrow use case, I feel. <laughs> then jet engines, which are one of the loudest human manufactured sounds in existence. A Boeing jet engine at takeoff, if you're listening to it from 100 meter distance, or a lot of closeness, 140 dB. And honestly, you really don't want to be any closer to it, as it would blow you away anyway, right at the same time as it will make you deaf. To me, still the most impressive feature of it being a USB mic as well, is that it works beautifully with Rode's Rode Connect and Rode Unify softwares, which are both software mixers and recorders at the same time, which make the recording process a silky smooth experience and make these apps a dream for podcasters as well as streamers. Unify more for streamers who need a lot of USB channels to route the sound of different applications to, while Road Connect more for podcasters. These apps, let's call them company and software, are really unique. There is simply no USB mic on the market today that comes with such capable mixers and recorders out of the box that also offer built-in low-latency digital signal processing. The most advanced voice processing capabilities within the new Road Connect app are reserved for the NT15th gen, in Unify also the Rodex mics, the XDMM100 and the XCM50 get it too. It is practically a baby Rodecaster Pro 2, as you get a high-pass filter, the fully adjustable noise gate, compressor, big bottom and the order exciter. What you don't get are the deesser, the panning, the 3-band EQ, the output delay and the master compiler. Those are still exclusive to the Rodecaster Pro 2. Now, Unify does the same thing as Road Connect, but it is way more powerful as it can include up to six individual assignable USB channels versus two on Road Connect, on top of the maximum four microphones that can be connected to the same computer at the same time. And it has five individual mixable outputs as well, essentially transforming your single computer into a Studio Central powerhouse, with the latest beta version adding mixer actions to its pads like talkback or docking. Not only do they offer real-time voice processing, but you can also monitor yourself through them with very low latency, which is otherwise a little cumbersome with the NT15 gen. As on the contrary to the other USB external microphones on the market, it does not have a built-in headphone port for latency-free monitoring, which is a bummer. So the only options to monitor yourself when using the NT15 gen is either through a DAW or through Road Connect or through Unify. But it does not work any other way. So for instance, if you were planning to use the NT15 gen for conference calls, you will have to first run it through either Road Connect or Unify and set the audio input output of your communication app of choice to Road Connect system or Unify system respectively. Otherwise, you'll not hear yourself. When it comes to monitoring yourself, another topic I need to address is latency. I have actually purchased a desktop mini PC just to try and test Unify as at the time of the recording Unify was not yet available on Mac. But as this mini PC, as you can imagine, is no powerhouse, I had to realize that it had such a high latency that I ended up not using it after two minutes or so. With Road Connect on the M1 Pro MacBook, it works just fine though, there's still a bit of latency, but not disturbing enough not to use it. So you really need to be aware what you're going to be throwing it at, as it may or may not turn out to be a rather limited experience. Some might say that, all right, so what? Why would you want to monitor yourself? 32-bit float makes it anyway impossible to clip, so no need for monitoring on the fly. Well, that's where I have to disagree. Also, recording with it in 32-bit float is not that straightforward as you may think. And here we have arrived to the choices you have to make with the NT15 gen. 
Because as I said, the microphone can do absolutely everything that it is advertised to be able to do. But the trick is that it cannot do all at the same time. Here's what I meant. It can work as a USB mic, but then you cannot use it as an XLR mic at the same time. And this is the downside of having the USB-C connection in the XLR port. Actually, I think all of the other dual connection XLR USB microphones on the market allow for this, which is nice for redundancy recordings, but they all have the USB port placed independently from the XLR port. Then, even though it's a USB mic, which will work beautifully with your computer, it will not work with your mobile devices on Android and iOS. Also, it can record in 192kHz sample rate, but then not in 32-bit float, because 32-bit float recording is recommended only at 48 kilohertz sample rate, as you will see in a minute. And this is, by the way, not the microphone's fault, but rather a limitation on the computer's side. Then it works with Rode Connect and Unify, but then again, if you'd want to record through them, then you have to skip 32-bit float recording again, as these software cannot do it. You will need to use an actual digital audio workstation or DAW that supports it. Sadly, Logic and GarageBand don't, but luckily Audacity, Reaper, and a number of others do. Similarly, if you want to make use of the digital signal processing capabilities in Rode Connect or Unify, so if you want to apply a um, compressor, a noise gate, or the AFX processors, then you need to sacrifice not only the 32-bit float recording, because Rode Connect and Unify cannot do it, but also recording at higher sample rates, as these only work at 48 kHz sample rate. So yes, it can do everything, but not everything all at once. You have to make your choices. And for the signature feature, 32-bit float recording, since it needs to be done in the DAW, Rode has actually step-by-step -step instructions for practically all those that support it. And here's how you do it in Audacity on Mac. First, of course, you need to connect the NT1 5th gen via USB-C to your computer. Then, set it as the input in the sound preferences and set the volume so that the meter peaks at around 75%. Third, you need to access the audio MIDI setup, select the Rode NT1 5th gen, click format and set it to 48kHz 32-bit float. And this is interesting. While you can theoretically record in up to 192kHz sample rate in 32-bit float, but most likely your computer won't be able to play it back. So practically, you are actually limited to recording 48kHz if you also want to monitor and listen back to the recording. Now, this is not the fault of the microphone, but it is a little bit like the Vienna-Venice Railway, which was the world's first true mountain railway, which was built between 1848 and 1854. And it was built even if there was no locomotive engine at the time that could actually travel on it due to its extreme elevation gradients and turning radiuses. Still, people have built it, as they knew that at some point someone will build a train that will actually be able to cope with it. Fourth, we finally can switch to the DAW. In Audacity, you need to go to Audio Setup and also select the NT1 5th Gen as the recording device. Then go down to Project Rate and set it to whatever you selected in the Audio MIDI settings, which was in our case 48kHz. Then the third place you need to go in Audacity is the top toolbar, where under Preferences, you'll find the menu point quality, where you will find the default sample format and default sample rate, which you'll need to set to 32-bit float and 48 kilohertz respectively. And now we are all set up for 32-bit float recording. Now, why you may want to go through the trouble to use this feature is that then, no matter how quiet you're talking or how loud you get, and by loud, I mean really damn loud, 
as you can see it's already clipping quite heavily, you don't really have to worry about it, as once the recording will have been finished, you will be able to fix it. Similarly, if you are really quiet, you will be able to bring up the volume without introducing any additional noise. Without 32-bit float, you would also bring up the noise floor. Let's have a look at how you do all this. So you can see the clipping part in the recording, indicated by these scary red blocks. Now this is the recording that you would not be able to save or repair with any kind of post-processing normally, unless you have recorded in 32-bit float. Because then what you can do is simply select the horribly clipping part, go to effects, volume, and normalize it to its peak, let's say at 4 dB. And there you go, the distorted part has magically vanished and you have a very healthy looking waveform containing all information of your full voice register, clean as the fresh snow. Now this was on the Mac, for Windows you'll actually need to install ASIO drivers for the NT1 5th gen to make it work. You'll find the download link in the NT1 5th generation user guide on Rhodes website. But then, once you've installed it, you can not only happily record in 32-bit float, but also connect up to 8, 8 NT1 5th gen mics to the same computer at the same time, if you have enough USB inputs. And they will be recognized as individually assignable input sources that you can record onto separate tracks in your DAW of choice. And that is pretty solid. All in all to summarize, this microphone is a hell of a deal for the price. It sounds great, has a relatively flat frequency response apart from the treble boost, which brings you a lot of clarity to the speech, and it has a ridiculously low self noise. You get a shock mount and a great pop filter with the package that is integrated into the shock mount. You also get an XLR and a USB cable, both of them are really long, which is especially nice for the USB cable, as you can comfortably route it behind your desk and not have it dangling in front of you. So if you are using it as a standard XLR mic, it essentially is the same experience as with the previous generation of Rode NT1, which is a good thing, as it was a great mic in the first place. Only now it has slightly improved specs like the higher SPL and the even slightly lower self noise. But then here you get the dual connectivity as well, and you could actually use it as a USB mic which is unrivaled at this level of microphones. And it opens up a world of new possibilities, like utilizing the powerful Rode Connect or Unify softwares with digital signal processing and a multi-track recorder built in, through which you can connect up to four compatible USB mics to the same computer at the same time, which normally would not be possible without a paid audio routing software. Both Unify and Rode Connect make it possible. It is also compatible with Rode Central, through which you can also apply digital signal processing, and best of all, it also saves you these settings, so you can set them there for the NT1 5th gen, and use the mic in another software, and the DSP will still be applied. And getting back to connecting more than one USB mic to a single computer, the NT1 5th gen can also do it without the use of Rode Connect or Unify. You can just plug in several USB 5th gen mics into your computer, and you can record them separately into your DAW, which is truly a world's first feature should you need it. On Windows, don't forget to install the dedicated ASIO drivers to make use of that. Plus, they can be also recorded at high sample rates like 96kHz or 192kHz. Most interestingly though, if using it in USB mode, you can also record in 32-bit float with it, which makes it unclippable, essentially. But then this USB functionality also comes with four either-or choices and two downsides. First of all, you have to choose whether you want to use it as a USB mic or an XLR mic, which is due to the design choice Rode has made 
with the USB-C port being located within the XLR port, so no redundancy recording from both outputs at the same time. Then, 32-bit float only works in the DAW that supports it, but not in Rode Connect or Unify, so you don't have the convenience of being able to do multi-track recording through them while recording in 32-bit float, which also means that if you want to make use of the built-in digital signal processing of Rode Connect or Unify, so if you want to apply the compressor, the noise gate, the AFEX processors, you will not be able to record in 32-bit float or at sample rates higher than 48 kHz. Easy rule, recording in Rode Connect or Unify means 24-bit, 48 kHz. Just like if you want to record at sample rates higher than 48 kHz, there you will have no luck with the 32-bit float feature either. And the two downsides, one is that despite being a USB mic, it will not work with mobile devices, and second, the lack of the headphone port means that in USB mode, you have to monitor yourself through the computer, which works fine if you have a powerful enough computer, but if you don't, the latency will be very disturbing. Still, with all the either or decisions you have to make and the lack of the headphone port, for $249 or so €299 Euros in Europe, by now actually it's I think €279 even, it is the most versatile, best equipped, and to my ears the best sounding, feature-packed, pro-grade condenser mic that you can buy with stellar accompanying software and the ability to record high sample rates or in 32-bit float, and if you think you can make use of its state-of-the-art features and have a fairly treated space to record in, it is probably simply unbeatable right now. With that, thanks for watching and bye for now.